22 minutes it is after 7 p.m. You tuned in to Metro FM Talk here on the Mighty Metro. And uh, yeah, we do what uh, we do. Ngoksesigweni taking a look at uh, the latest out in the world of business. And I'm joined on the line tonight uh, to give us the latest uh, happening in the global economy and also, I guess, uh, the latest here back home. Uh, of course, the JSE opening at the start of this new week on a much stronger footing. Uh, but uh, yeah, I guess many still on holiday. Mdaka Good evening, welcome, compliments. said, it seems uh, at the start of this new week, a lot of uh, big events. Uh, we're hearing, of course, that uh, there's this new, very transmissible variant of COVID-19 in South Africa. But uh, yeah. it seems uh, in India and in China, much of the things that we've associated with COVID-19, the hard lockdown policy in China, uh, the export bans of grains, of rice in India, uh, you know, to ensure that they have local security of supply. It seems all of those things might be on their way out. Yeah, definitely. Of uh, with the situation in China, um, I, and I suppose it's beginning to set the tone in terms of what um, uh, potentially other countries will do. You know, I mean, I think mm. there's been a call in South Africa over the last couple of weeks in terms of you know should we close borders? Should we? How should we respond to this resurgence of um, COVID-19? We do understand, of course, that uh, in terms of um, um, in terms of the virus, you know, it's not any um, subsequent difference um, from what we, we already have there. Um, but yeah, uh, the news coming out of China today is that um, they've decided that they're going to open borders. This is the first time since 2020. Um, and um, this has had an impact on the oil prices, of course, with China being one of the that are the biggest importers of um, of, of of crude. Um, so yeah, it's got um, an impact on the oil prices, which uh, have really done uh, increased um, for about uh, at about three uh, percent. Of course, based on uh, the demand um, mm-hmm. that is uh, see is, is projected to that it will come from China. So yeah, I mean I think it's setting the tone for the rest, for for the rest of the countries, and I think that's the biggest story for me here is that you know as COVID reemerges. Mm. You know, uh, uh, you know, there's been fears of how we're going to go back into hard lockdowns, but seemingly, um, but again, there's also this fear and worry that with the opening of the borders in China, we might mm. see um, the spread of this virus, right? And if we see the spread of this virus, you know, then that might uh, necessitate uh, certain countries or certain economies to, to, to begin to close down again. But uh, as, as it stands, uh, China has opened up their borders. Too many permutations, it seems, and uh, I guess we can only but speculate. But it does seem, yeah. I mean, Bandile, that, um, you know, there are two sort of forces here moving in separate directions. Um, I mean, one of the stories we're going to talk about in the second hour is uh, on the new national minimum wage, uh, or I guess the proposal, which was gazetted, um, you know, 15th of December, just about a month ago. Um, and one of the things we see in the analysis that that commission did was, you know, inflation, firstly, has been higher for the poorest um, you know, income decile. So if you were chopped up the income distribution into 10 pieces, the bottom sort of one, two, three, or four, you know, parts of that uh, 10 deciles are certainly experience inflation a lot more than most. 
But add to that that uh, the, much of the inflation has been driven by transport and food. And mm. it does seem that, um, you know, when we look at the Brent crude oil price, yeah. it will influence the price of um, taxi fares. It will influence the price of food as well. But we're also hoping, uh, I guess, that um, the reopening will maybe soften some of the um, yeah. food prices as well. So it does seem here that there's two things that are happening that might cancel each other out. Or if the pandemic really takes on again, we might find ourselves smack bang in the middle of 2020. Yeah, true. I, I mean, I, mean, I think you, you, you raised that China reopening, you know, you, you, you're definitely going to have an impact on that side. Um, but I mean, I think it, 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 we'll just have to wait and see, you know, what the net effect is and whether or not these two cancel each other completely or you still have, um, you know, uh, the oil prices sort of having a, a more significant impact. But I mean, I think as, 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 as things stand, you know, you, you, you might see that um, inflation might be, to an extent, uh, largely you know, held back because of, um, you know, I think o- opening the, the, the border of China is, is definitely uh, is definitely good news in the sense that you've got a big player in the in the in the market from a manufacturing perspective and also from a a consumption perspective. Mm-hmm. So you might have um, you might have a. a that that effect of the increase in oil prices uh, neutralized by the, um, the opening of the border. And then I guess uh, the other thing, um, Tandela, that um, certainly was of interest in the last while is uh, has been, I guess, the national conference of the ANC, yeah. um, new national executive committee, president uh, returning, I guess, with a new deputy, um, and uh, seeming, well, for all intents and purposes, a new team at the helm of the organisation as well. Um, what do you make in particular, I guess, of some of the murmurs that have come out about the economic decisions uh, that were made at that conference that uh, unfolded in two parts? Yeah, I mean, I think the ANC National Executive Conference is always interesting in the sense that, you know, there's always two narratives or two conversations that you need to keep track of. I mean, I think one, as you've mentioned, is it's just around the leadership um, and whether or not there'd be significant changes. I mean, there was a lot of um, talks about potentially um, Zulim Kize emerging as potential president. Of course, that didn't happen. Mr. Ramaphosa uh, came back uh, for a second term. Um, but I think for me, on the other side, it's always sort of the decisions and the policy positions that the ANC will take, you know, which I think for me tends to be maybe to an extent slightly more important than the actual leadership conversation mm. because in in my mind, you know, ultimately the leadership has the mandate and the responsibility to implement and execute on the policy decisions that are taken out from there. So some interesting ones coming out. I mean, of course, the energy one is is, is not a new one. You know, there's always been this issue around energy with the ANC actually uh, stating that uh, there should be a renewed focus uh, on, 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 on making sure that they fix ESCOM uh, with um, sort of that, that debt burden. Uh, there's been called that it needs to be urgently restructured to enable it to end power cuts. I mean, this for me is not a new one. Um, I, I mean, we've been having a conversation about ESCOM and its debt for, 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 for quite some time mm-hmm. now, and I don't think it's necessarily a very easy solution. I mean, if it was, you know, we wouldn't be still dealing with low, uh, low shading decades yeah. in, you know. Hey, man, um, look, the last time you and I spoke, ESCOM had a, a CEO who was, <laughs> you know, a CEO. Now he's yeah. kind of a... The outgoing. Yeah, well, outgoing, outgoing designator. And that's because... Yeah, <laughs> according to... Oh, yeah, so, so there's a sense that he mustn't finish. 
He mustn't like. Yeah, no, he survived. Um, they said he survived an attempted murder. Um, oh, right from the media man. report. Mm. Yeah, so clearly, Bafunum Kupaying a Gafi Gualo But yeah, I mean, I think that there's the, the resolution around uh, fixing ESCOM. There's also, um, I mean, I think an interesting one is just around the SOEs, right? Mm. Um, particularly around saying that. Um, the the, the 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 actual the different state uh, and, um, companies should um, fall under the relevant government departments. So that mm. would, what would that what that would actually mean is, for example, ESCOM would then fall under the Department of Mineral Resources and Energy. You would have some uh, company like Transnet falling under the Department of Transport, which I think for me would be significant, right? Um, because it would fundamentally change how the SOEs are currently governed uh, and put them under these various de- departments. And how that would be received by the greater market will, will be interesting to see. Of course, there's this, particularly around ESCOM, there's this issue around you know, um, the, the, the Minister of um, Energy stating that, you know, he's, he's been quite vocal around the, the, the plans to transition to green energy and how, what that, how that would impact ESCOM if it would fall under his department. Mm. Um, and also there's the question around what would then happen to the Department of Public Enterprises. You know, would this mean that it needs to be dissolved or would they change their mandate or would they adjust mm. their mandate? It would be quite an interesting one. So I think for me, one that's one of the resolutions that was was quite interesting. Yeah. Also, the central Let, bank. Let's maybe just talk about that one for a second, yeah. uh, Mandela, because I, I guess it has a bearing on two things. The one is um, this idea of sort of um, modernizing and reforming state-owned entities, but also it has a impact on this cost-of-living crisis that many households are dealing with, uh, because it's many of these state-owned companies, I guess, that price the things that we need, I mean, electricity being one of them. So so, so this idea now that you, you take... In the case of ESCOM, you take them to the Department of Energy. Transnet goes to transport alongside Prasa there. Um, and I guess the water boards would all go to, you know, already at the Department of Water and Sanitation. Um, what is the ANC suggesting, I guess, is, is the rationale for doing this? And, and the reason why I ask that is because, I guess, at the end of the day, um, much of the regulators would have already been uh, in the same department. So you now have a regulator, you have an entity in the same place, um, and seemingly, uh, I guess, uh, also the uh, policy-making function of departments and ministries in in the same you know, uh, institutional framework. I'm, I'm trying to understand what makes this work better. Yeah, I mean, I suppose it, it, it's probably just around consolidation. Um, I, and, you know, and I think that's the thinking um, coming from, from, from the NEC, just mm-hmm. around... You know, if if you've got these um, sitting under these various departments, then you've got uh, some consolidation and, and and I suppose to a certain extent uh, increased um, accountability. You know, and and, and you would hope that that's what it leads to. Mm. You know, because I suppose there's been this question around who are you know who, who should be accountable for these various entities. And I mean, I think there's been calls to say, you know, why would we? You know, whenever there's there's, there's load shading or whenever there's issues of um, the energy crisis people would in general commentary would be like we'll, we'll, we'll say what is the department of minerals doing mm. you know and you've got the department of minerals then who could come back and say but we're not the accountable body in the sense that this falls under public enterprises so perhaps this is um, just around consolidation and making sure that you, you you improve accountability i mean you would hope that that's what it leads to um but i think for me there's a lot more work that would still need to be done here 
Um, I mean, I think for me, and, and one of the things that I've actually suggested as well is a comprehensive review, you know, of all these SOEs to just understand, you know, what needs to be retained, consolidated, mm. and repositioned. Mm. You know, I don't think it should be a simple thing of saying, let's move them under the, the relevant department. You know, I think there's a lot more work that needs to be done. Um, and also just rethinking, you know, once it sits under that particular department, you know, what's the role of the department? What's the role of the... Because the, 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 you don't want to also threaten the independence yeah, of Yeah, what's the role of the department? What's the role of the regulator? What's the role yeah, of this entity? Because you know, the issue here when I'm talking about Tandela is you are the rule bookmaker as the policymaker. You are the referee now as the regulator. Yeah. And then you are still the player as, I mean, I'm thinking of it now in terms of transport, right? Transnet is a player. There's a regulator in the same space. And then, of course, the department has to make policy. Um, and I'm not too sure if, you know, I mean, there's a lot of capacity issues we know in the state, but whether or not that, that might create its own problems uh, for all of us who are consumers. And, you know, in the case of Transnet, some of the firms who are paying those, you know, freight and rail tariffs. Yeah, I mean, I think it has the potential of creating that headache. I am um, uh, hence hence my point that I mean, I think that there needs to be a bit more work in terms of re- really, really defining how this would look like, you know. Mm-hmm. And 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 I think it's it's going to hinge mostly on what are the what are the different roles and what what are the expectation of of once it sits under this various this this this, this department, what are the expectations and 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 and, and what's the ultimate aim or the overall objective because it's important that we don't you know solve one problem by creating another problem mm. and how we would actually mitigate against them I mean, rightfully as you mentioned you know you've got now the referee the player um, as well as the, sort of the policy maker to an extent all sitting in one in one department i mean we think we'd need to rethink some of this i imagine this is not something that could happen overnight mm. i i mean i think this mm. is going to take uh, this is going to be a process, but uh, nonetheless, it is a resolution that has come out um, out, out of the, um, the, 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 the NEC, the sort of the collective conference that was there. I mean, I think an interesting one as well, I, uh, just to add, is just around the Reserve Bank. Yeah, you were talking, yeah. You know, yeah. Mm. yeah, with the ANC resolving that um, uh, the Reserve Bank needs to sort of, uh, they need to, uh, to to enhance or to expand on their mandate and that their mandate. I mean, this has been a conversation for a while now to say, you know, should the Reserve Bank have a bigger mandate than merely, you know, um, looking at, um, um, at, at, at sort of uh, the monetary policy, you know, uh, should they have a mandate of um, looking at potentially uh, fighting unemployment, poverty mm. and all of that. But yeah, the, the, the party has resolved that they need to expand the mandate of the Reserve Bank. And I think it's going to be interesting to see what exactly is it expanded to and how practical is that, right? And also there's going to be around these questions around the independence of the Reserve Bank and whether or not that will be impacted and affected by by, by this change. But I think a very interesting one on that front. And I suppose uh, another resolution that came out which would be uh, of more interest to the greater society is just around welfare grants. You know, Mm -hmm. they've they've, they've resolved that um, the welfare system should be protected from inflationary pressures. Um, And, I mean, it goes back to the point you were making earlier that the the, the poor... um, have been impacted mostly within by inflation, you know, and we're ANC. I mean, I think correctly resolving that, you know, we should have some form of protection against um, inflation, inflationary pressures, particularly on the welfare, right? Because it, it, it then defeats the purpose if you've got welfare grants that you, you're taking out to try and assist a certain part of the population. However, inflation almost makes this, you know, these welfare grants uh, 
uh, inefficient to an extent because then the affordability becomes an mm. issue. But I think I think this is an interesting one, and how it would actually be implemented is going to, for me, the interesting part, right? How will we protect this? Will it mean that, because also the inflation is, is, you know, it fluctuates, you know, will the amount of welfare grants being paid fluctuate? You know, how, what measures will we actually put in place um, to, 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 to make sure that we protect against this? Um, and I suppose the, 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 the ongoing conversation around land reform also featured uh, with um, NC urging government to take full advantage of, their, of the new expropriation laws. Um, sort of to uh, to address this uh, land ownership mm. um, issue, and uh, again, this is something that they've been tiptoeing, if I can put it like that, tiptoeing around uh, for 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 some time now, and whether or not we'll draw a line uh, on the sand and say we're implementing mm. uh, expropriation of land without compensation, and how exactly that will be rolled out, it will be an interesting one. But yeah, interesting resolutions are coming out from. Uh, the, the, the elective conference of the ANC, mm. um, yeah. and it will be interesting to see if they actually implement um, these or not. I must say, I can't wait to read the full list because and uh, to compare and comp- contrast them to what has come out of Manga Wung and uh, what also came out of the 2017 NASREC conference because um, uh, I guess one gets a sense that in some in areas there is an evolution and in some areas there's a reaffirm, 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 you know. Um, yeah, so we'll in, the, in, the, in the in the words of uh, our president, it's renewed zeal. Yeah, you renewed zeal. Uh, it's the I same thing, yes. but they are now renewing their you zeal. Always a pleasure. Thank you.